I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escovito with Weintraub Tobin. We recently discussed a dispute between the NBA's Luka Doncic and his mother concerning a trademark that relates to Doncic's name. Doncic's mother has now filed a responsive pleading, and that's what we'll be discussing on this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Late last week, Luka Doncic's mother, Miriam Paterbin, asked the trademark board to reject a challenge filed by her son to cancel a trademark that was registered to her involving Doncic's name. Doncic, who now manages his own affairs with his own team of professionals, decided that this mark was inhibiting his ability to register new marks. And in fact, he didn't really decide that. The USPTO decided that for him when he tried to register new marks and the PTO refused on the basis of the prior filed and registered mark which is actually registered to his mother based upon a consent that Doncic gave to his mother. His mother says that she was explicitly granted the right to register the mark by a brief consent submitted by Doncic in November 2018, the year he was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. That's right, Josh. The consent that was filed along with the application to register the trademark that's owned by his mom says, I, Luka Doncic, hereby consent to the use and registration by Miriam Paterbin of my name as a trademark and or service mark with the United States Trademark Office. So as we both know, Doncic had uh, attempted to rescind this consent and has essentially filed a petition to cancel the trademark that is owned by his mom. My issue with this, so when we when we first talked about this, we didn't know how old Doncic was. I thought that he might have been under the age of 18, and that would have implicated his ability to grant consent as a minor. Well, it turns out that at the time uh, Doncic granted this consent, he was 19 years old. So he was beyond the age majority, but now he claims to have different plans as to how to use his name and his trademarks. Um, I don't know that this cuts it. Um, he gave his mom, he gave consent. Um, uh, well, at least I don't know how, if it cuts it on, uh, on rescission and lack of consent because he gave her consent. I don't know if these, uh, if this consent is rescindable, it doesn't appear to be on its face. So I know that he, when he filed the petition, he claimed other grounds such as abandonment and, and that might be where he may need to go. That's right, Scott, and I believe his mother would agree with you. In her response, she stated that Mr. Luka Doncic chose to actively control his rights of privacy and publicity by entering into an effective written consent agreement and expressly authorizing her to use and register his name as a trademark. The later revocation of that right, which came 2.5 years after its registration, has no bearing on the mark's validity or at least that's the position that Ms. Paterbin and her counsel have taken. Now, it seems to me that someone can revoke consent, but the question here is more specific than that. Can you revoke ongoing consent? Of course you can. Can she continue to register trademarks utilizing his name? No, I wouldn't think so. But his argument is, I am revoking consent from 2.5 years ago, and therefore that should invalidate her trademark. And 
I don't know that that can be the case, given that once you obtain the mark, uh, incumbent in that mark are certain due process rights. You can't just say, hey, I'm revoking consent, and now you have no right to that mark. Um, I suspect that Doncic's counsel will respond saying that uh, the statutes are silent on revocation of consent. But as I just mentioned, I believe it's a little bit more complicated than that. That's right, Josh. It seems that the statute is silent on whether or not the this type of petition could be revoked. But I think just for the sake of stability of either the principal or the supplemental register, that the PTO will most likely find that this type of consent cannot be revoked. Otherwise, can you imagine just the absolute chaos uh, that would ensue from this? Um, getting to uh, Don such a, abandonment claim, uh, Ms. Paterbin also disputes this claim. Um, she seems to be attacking attacking uh, Doncic's abandonment claim on a technical and pleading ground as opposed to coming right out and saying that the mark's in use and hasn't been abandoned. That's right, Scott. She doesn't go as far as saying that she hasn't abandoned the mark. And of course, she isn't required to say that at this juncture. But she is saying that his... Uh, claim is poorly asserted. And so, you know, that's that's something that's, as you mentioned, it's, it's a technical matter. And uh, the standards of pleading and, and getting a chance to fix that sort of thing are pretty liberal. So I'm, I'm sure that the PTO, if it agrees with Ms. Paterbin, will grant Doncic the opportunity to amend his petition uh, to properly assert that ground. Right. And she'll, but she'll eventually have to show that the mark is in use. And remember, two and a half years after registration, um, abandonment is not presumed based on non use. That doesn't come until five years. So, but she's supposed to have used the mark, uh, or at least the mark was supposed to have been used in commerce. That was the basis of the application, or at least the basis upon which the mark was eventually registered. So she'll either have to show that the mark is in use. Um, and I think they're a, a little late to establish or a little early to establish abandonment. It's interesting, though, that Don Sitch's team has not pled fraud on the office. Um, it might be and maybe like the maybe the use in order the use that was relied upon in order to register the mark was, in fact, legitimate. Um, but, you know, sometimes, as you see, there's like straw man uses that are used to prop up a uh, an application. And um, you know, that type of use is subject to an attack based on uh, fraud on the office. And if um, if Ms. Paterbin had used a, a, a straw man type use in order to prop up that application, it might be um, susceptible to uh, a fraud on the office claim. I agree with that. And I, I'm curious if that's going to come out I keep waiting for this dispute to resolve, but given the response that was filed, uh, I'm fairly confident in my uh, initial belief that although I would expect this to resolve, it may not. There seems to be some animosity or at least some interesting family dynamic going on there. Um, you know, mom's response isn't uh, any kinder to Doncic than his petition was to her. So, I expect that we may see this matter litigated at least yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I do have a prediction though, Josh. What do you think, Scott? They're not going to get together for Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, we still got about a month for that. So who knows? <laughs> All right. Thanks for bringing this up, Josh. Thanks, Scott.
Thanks for tuning in to this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe where you get your favorite podcast and give us a five-star rating. And if you're interested in more content like this, please visit us at theiplawblog.com. <laughs> <laughs>